What's going on? It's your boy, CEO Hayes, and you are now tuned in to the Film Frequency Podcast. And if I'm here, you know that means my brother JB is here. What's going on, JB? Where the hell is JB? JB! You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, the Film Bros. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? JB is unfortunately not here this week, which means that Hayes is holding the fort down on his own. Um, only one half of the film, bros, man. It, it, it kind of sucks. But uh, my brother JB is on a much well-deserved vacation. And rather than us miss another week uh, episode like we have before, one of us has been busy. I did want to go ahead and record because I've seen quite a few movies, actually. Um, and so I'm going to be talking about two tonight. But the first thing that we want to get into, uh, so the before we get into our movie reviews, which I'll be reviewing New Mutants and Mulan. But before we get into that, I do want to talk about uh, the box office of Tenet. Uh, me, that would be me and JB's next full review is Tenet. And it, it's, it's done $170 million worldwide. And I think $20 million of that has been uh, domestically here in the U.S., which kind of puts it in perspective. You know, the movie I'm going to be reviewing today, New Mutants, which I think opened to like $7 million. But when you look at it, if someone would have told you that Tenet would have done three times as much as New Mutants, that would have kind of made sense, right? So it kind of puts it in perspective. Tenet's the first real big blockbuster uh, since since the pandemic. Uh, well, since the movie theaters reopened after the pandemic. Well, I guess we're still in the middle of a pandemic. But, uh, Alan, be quiet. I'm recording. Um, so coming back from a pandemic and, you know, people still getting over uh, being at the movie theaters and, you know, kind of that stigma kind of going away makes sense. It's still a really huge box office, especially when you consider worldwide. And the thing about Tenet is, is that I think Tenet's going to be one of those movies that even even if the pandemic wasn't going on, that it's going to steady keep building and building. Um, but I think especially when you factor in the, the pandemic, the conversation that people go around it, people also getting more comfortable going to movie theaters is going to be a nice uh, movie to spread the word, right? People are going to go back and tell their friends, oh, that movie Tenet was really good, hopefully. And uh, the movie theaters also were pretty safe. This is what my experience was going back to the movie theater. So when you couple those things together, it really uh, makes sense of why Tenet is where it is. Uh, and, you know, I think overall, uh, I get it, I won't get into my thoughts of the film, but I think that box office number is very strong. Tenet is going to be around for a while. I really think Tenet is going to have one of those runs where it can do it did 20 million this first weekend. Let's say over the next month it does 20 million dollars uh basically every week leading up to that. It's going to be in the movie theaters for a really long time. Even though we know theaters are back open, new movies are back coming out. It's not going to have a really huge contender against it for a while and even if it does, there's so few movies out that it it can maintain a good number of screens for a while. So that's my overall thought on on uh the box office numbers of Tenet and just where everything's going with that um yeah yeah i mean it's been a, it's been a pretty slow week in movie news as well it hasn't really been much out uh robert pattison uh the batman had actually just started filming again i think it was only filming for maybe three or four days before it came out that uh pattinson was actually uh he contracted covid19 and so they they slowed down production or stopped production on that again there were some rumors going around at first that uh they were going to continue production they were just going to try to do some of the scenes uh without that he's not going to be in but i think when you factor in the fact 
he contracted it. They were filming, so he's probably done some scenes or been around a lot of the people on set. Just makes more sense to shut that uh, down completely. Let everyone get tested. Let him quarantine the amount of time he needs to until he comes back COVID-free and then hit the ground running again. It's just so interesting that uh, to see like how these movies are going to film. Um, I think this what this does say is that whatever testing that they have going on is, in fact, working. The fact that they caught this. Uh, this uh, that soon after production started back, I know there's been com- some conversations going on saying, well, is it actually safe to go back to film? And if this happened, my thing is, is I think it's safe. Uh, well, not safe. I think it's as safe as it's going to be. But there's always going to be possibilities of contracting COVID. Nothing that we have is 100 percent guaranteed to stop you from contracting everything that we do with masks hand sanitizer gloves in some cases is all just to mitigate the chance of us contracting it it does not stop it at all i mean completely so you know i i don't think that hollywood should shut down again or whatever uh just continue doing the processes it processes um can improve them where you can add some stuff where you can and then you know we'll see where it goes from there and 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 that point on but overall I'm really excited for the Batman. Uh, I know me and JB talked about that trailer a little bit. I don't think JB had saw it at the time where we talked about it. But uh, the more that I've watched it, the more excited I get. And, you know, Christopher Nolan has come out with a video. Uh, he was doing an interview for Tenet. But he did it went to Batman. And he was talking about how every generation has its way to reinvent Batman and how it is on the big screen. And this is a huge reinvention for Batman. Well, I mean, I say huge reinvention, but it's definitely a different take on it. It's definitely something fresh. Um, it gets that for anyone who had the bad taste of Ben Affleck being Batman out of the way and out of their mouths, even though he's coming back as Batman in Flashpoint. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think Pattinson's going to be a better Batman than some people give him credit for. The biggest issue that I have out of that trailer is Bruce Wayne's haircut. That is the biggest issue. And if that's the biggest issue coming out of it, so be it. It's not that big of a deal. All right, that's it for the news uh, segment. Don't want to get too far into it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and down, jump into the review. First, we're going to talk about New Mutants. So we're going to play that trailer. I'll catch you guys after that. What's the last thing you remember, Danny? He said we had to run. The reason you survived is because you're a very uncommon girl. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? Would anyone like to share their first time? Rain? I was 13. I thought it was a dream. I just lost control. Sam? I started panicking. People got hurt. Roberto? My girlfriend had burned her. Ileana? I killed 18 men. One by one. This isn't a hospital. It's a cage. It's important we find out your power. All right. So New Mutants, a movie that had the original trailer dropped three, three and a half years ago at this point, kept being delayed by by Fox. Once Marvel bought, purchased uh, Fox, uh, they had said that I think they were going to go back with the di- director's original vision of it. A movie that had been 
talked about as a horror movie. You know, most of my critiques of that are that, don't get me wrong, there are some very creepy elements. I think overall calling this a horror movie, though, I, I can't get with. I watched this movie with my kids. Um, we did, It was the first, first movie that we went back to the theaters to see. And I think overall, like, it was it's a really solid action movie. I think what they did here with the characters is they set up the characters very nice for possible sequels. The directors come out and said he kind of had a trilogy planned in mind. And I'm going to be honest here. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it if they decided to maybe do that sequel still as a Disney Plus exclusive. Like we know Disney Plus is is hurting for exclusives right now. Let me not say they're hurting, but they don't have very much. They came out with Mandalorian, Lady and the Tramp, some 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 films like that. A lot of smaller, no big name films, so to say. Um, and you know they've been cool. A lot of them have been cool. Uh, me and my kids just watched the Almighty, uh, the one and only Ivan, the Gorilla movie, which was which was pretty good for for a movie that came straight to VOD. Uh, in Disney Plus and just to watch at home it was pretty good and I wouldn't mind seeing the new mutants continue out its run what I'll say is what they did with the characters here is they they sprinkled in they gave us enough to make them all interesting I wish that this movie probably would have had another 30 maybe even 40 minutes uh runtime I don't remember what the exact runtime is 30 minutes is probably a safe bet to bring it back up to that bring it up to that two hour mark to just give us a little bit more of the characters and interacting and I think the few scenes that we got with all all these kids in the same room interacting and, and playing off their dynamic together were some of the best ones in the movie. The special effects were they were OK. Um, I think Sunspot's uh, powers, his, his fire powers and even Cannonball's flying powers, they all look pretty good on, on screen. Um, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this is anything groundbreaking or earth shattering. I don't think it's anything that. Would even if a pandemic wasn't going on, would would be absolutely huge in the box office. But I think if we lived in a world where this was released in this form when it was originally supposed to be released, I think it would have been a solid summer movie or hell. Even I don't remember when the original release date was, but if they were going to plan to release this around like a Halloween time or even around a February time, this would have been a movie to release around February. I think it would have did even big, even better in the box office. I know the box office has been what it was. I talked about it in the news segment. But I think it's a movie that fits in the X-Men universe that Fox created in a sense, right? Kind of the tone tonality was different in an approved way. But when you think about like how they always sprinkle in different stuff from from the larger uh, X-Men world, they did that. The X-Men Corporation was behind this. For those who knows what that is and how that plays in the Mr. Sinister and, the, and, and, you know, the desire to have mutants around and testing and all that, that part makes sense. Um, the thing that that I will say that didn't work for me as much is that it seemed like this movie was edited to fit a certain runtime and that some of the things don't make sense. For example, we get uh, Anna Taylor Joy's uh, Anna Taylor Joy's uh, character, Alana or Eliana. Uh, if I'm if I'm murdering that, but we get her her character, um, and some of the stuff with her seems like it was it was cut. I don't know if it was for runtime. I don't know if it was cut because they had some concepts that they weren't able to they weren't as happy with how they were able to flesh out in the time, so they just cut it out all together. But for example, she has this puppet, which is Lockheed for anyone who knows that the X Men uh, universe, and it's kind of her coping uh, dolls is what she uses to cope through things that she's been with. And I think that that's an effective storyline. If we would have seen it more, like the couple of scenes where she's talking to it or she uses it to talk for her, but if we would have seen more of a why, why did why is this this purple dragon uh, something that she 
like attaches to and needs to kind of cope but then at the end of the movie she kind of she's fighting demon bear this huge bear and she like she does this teleportation thing and she comes back and she has a live version of Lockheed and that's not explained at all. I think if we would have gotten the glimpse that, you know, back when uh, her story, her character was um, abused, I guess is the best way to say it, by men. And she kind of made she imagined these men as, as as these creepy smiley face guys. But, you know, she disappeared she she said it's early in the movie she like created this other universe that she goes to when she needs to escape or whatnot but if during one of those times where that that traumatic stuff was happening to her she dreamt off or went to this thing and like imagine this purple dragon that she played with or whatever and then she came back with it and that's why she it was like such a powerful thing because we thought we would think that it was fake and it ends up being a real thing um did that would have helped to the story i mean don't get me wrong it's nice to see especially as someone who's a fan of the x-men uh characters and comic books and lockheed and all that it's good to just see him on screen but the fact of the story that they told in this movie really didn't make any sense. He kind of just popped up. Another thing with the whole villain, um, the villain of uh, Dr. Reyes, you know, she's I really we, we she does become more villainous as the movie goes on. She was more of an antagonist than an outright villain. I, they try to make Demon Bear the the villain. I guess he's the final boss fight or whatever. But Reyes being the villain of this film. Um, I just wish we would have maybe gotten to see a little bit more of 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 her as well. Uh, Demon Bear in this movie, I think that a lot was cut out with him because I think if you look at the Demon Bear character in the in the comics, there's a lot going on there, and you know, he he kind of comes and goes. But I, th- I those those are some of my critiques of this movie. I just feel it felt it felt rushed. It felt it felt very rushed in uh, the second act. Uh, yeah, the second act, the third act feels feels kind of rushed too. They want to hurry up and get to that that final conflict. I think the way that it switched gears from it just being like the kids and creepy stuff going on, and them finding out that it's really the main characters um, of Danny, who's kind of with her uh, mutant power. She's the one who's causing all this creepy stuff to happen because she could bring people's worst fears to life. Um, but it switches from them kind of figuring that out to bam, automatically we're in the the final battle of this movie and it's coming and it just felt rushed in certain parts so that was my biggest issue uh with this movie is that it felt rushed and i really feel like it could have been an even better movie given more time now the question rises will this will will this continue i think there's no way in hell i wouldn't mind i said it before i would not mind at all seeing this this get a sequel a straight to disney plus sequel hell straight to hulu if they want it um but I wouldn't mind at all seeing this get a sequel in that form. I don't think a theatrical release is necessarily needed for this, but I really do like this as being kind of a phase one. For example, like, and it's not as good. I'm not saying it's as good anyway before people crucify me. But I think when you look at how Batman Begins was a was a great first step into what was my favorite Batman movie of all time, The Dark Knight, um, and like a lot of what they set up there pays off more uh, as far as like the character building and us knowing Bruce Wayne in that second movie, because now they're able to dive deeper and give him a, a, a iconic villain. I think that this movie could have benefited of it from that, from getting a sequel. Um, and this is why I don't really I know this. There's this thing now where they announce movies as like these trilogies off the rip. And then the first one is bad and they never finish it. I, I think streaming is the perfect place to do some of that stuff where you say, 
hey, we're going to give you two movies, two movies straight to Disney Plus. You, you can tell your story. You know, you're going to have two movies for sure. If those two do good and they're received well, we'll give you a third on Disney Plus. We'll give you a third on Hulu or Netflix or whatever. I think when we look at the future of like movies like this, I hope that they think about that because that gives you a, a, a pipeline of exclusives. Um, and it also gives you time to build if, if a director or writers know that they are, have two movies for sure. Like I said, again, that's if the character in the story and there's enough story there to tell two movies off off the rip but if there is um especially with characters when you think about them from comic books there's so much lore that you can go to you can give someone and say hey we're going to give you two movies tell your story over two movies that opens the door so much from a writing perspective um and a creator's perspective to just say all right i know i'm going to have two movies to kind of get my overall story across and then of course you can call audibles you don't have to film it all at once if you see that something worked in the first film uh, that you want to kind of expand on in the second one do that if you see that something didn't work as much as you want to cut do that but overall you have the framework for two movies and then the idea of you get to tell your story from the, from those two uh perspectives so you know that's, that's just my thoughts on on new mutants i uh think i thought once jb wasn't able to record i figured this would be a great uh a, a great episode to kind of get that off because i don't really feel like there's enough here for a full review with me and jb to do like an hour on but i think you know i will say uh it's not a theater watch right unless you're just somebody like me who just loves going to the theater now that they're open the pr tickets prices are cheaper you you'll go more than maybe what you did before but i think ultimately once this movie makes it to disney plus i think I think people are going to see that it's not it's not a bad movie. I can I can't say that it's a bad movie at all. It's not a great movie either. It's it's a really solid movie. If this was actually on just streaming, it probably would get a little boost, maybe a half a star boost from that. But overall, I think I'm going to give New Mutants a three. Uh, but you know, and I think seeing Fox do something. Thought we're thinking about doing things different with their universe the fact that even though i don't think this is a horror movie but that last act and those smiley men and especially like they kind of look like momo especially at one point we see one of those characters like painted on a wall in a sense um that it was definitely some creepy tones to this but overall i think if you're going into this expecting a horror horror movie you're not going to get that at all and also i want to talk about before we before we go and leave this movie on macy williams who played rain uh her and danny's relationship the fact that we you know you see a a gay uh relationship lesbian relationship on screen in this type of movie with kids that are supposed to be teenagers i think that's kind of daring but it's also you're, you're seeing more of that but i think what they did with those two and showing the, the care that they you know kids attach to other kids very quickly we saw it in uh spider-man uh, not homecoming uh what was the second one I mean, uh, uh, far from home, you know, uh, the characters there, like they were on uh, Spider-Man's friend. I'm at a loss for the names right now. And the girl, like they were on that trip and they went through a whole relationship and broke up. And like what, what that was a week long trip, like kids attach themselves to each other, especially when they're in stressful situations very quickly. And, you know, th th I, I respected that part of the storytelling. And then, you know, May Macy Williams is a good is a really good actress to me. Uh, this this uh new actress who played danny the the pseudo main character or our, our pov character in this film her name is blue hunt um i wouldn't mind like that if marvel would be smart to try to if they're not going to continue this this franchise which 
like I said, I don't think that they are, to kind of scoop them up and, and figure out something for them in the actual MCU because I think they were definitely the standout characters here in this movie. But that's it. That's my thoughts on it. I know I didn't get into a whole deep dive. Let me know if you like me to get into more of a deep dive. I have some theories on where a possible sequel could go. But like I said, I didn't want to bring them into this because I really just don't think they're going to go that way. So we're going to go ahead. Uh, we're going to get into our second review for this episode. That's going to be on Mulan. Uh, we're going to get into the trailer for that, and I'll catch you guys after that. Do you know why the phoenix sits on the right hand of the emperor? She is his guardian, his protector. That she's both beautiful and strong. Your job is to bring honor to the family. Do you think you can do that? Citizens, we are under attack from northern invaders. Their leader calls himself Bori Khan. Fights alongside a witch. No survivors. By edict of his imperial majesty, every family must contribute one man to fight. Have you no son? I am blessed with two daughters. I will fight. This time he will not return. All right, so we are back. Uh, that was the trailer for Mulan, and um, this movie—I can't think of a movie um, that has had like so much controversy in the in a. I guess controversy may be too strong of a word in such a condensed period from like the time that it was announced uh, to it being released. So first, um, it, like the, the film was was boycotted before, it, like right when it was announced. And, you know, there's been fight back, especially once Mushu, uh, they were announced that Mushu wasn't going to be in the movie or speculation came from that. People thought that it was going to be re he was going to be replaced with a phoenix. Um, to not be disrespectful and use the stereotypes of Asian culture and, and dragons or whatnot. But, the phoenix in this movie and i'll go ahead and say this right now for those who don't know if you expected like a phoenix to be in this movie talking and taking the place of mushu it doesn't happen the phoenix doesn't talk we see it a couple of times it's more uh symbolism than anything else uh just for the family than it is an actual character in the movie so don't think that at all we don't get any talking animals or anything like that in the in the film i think that uh ultimately my thoughts on mulan are all over the place i'm going to be 100 percent honest with you because i think I have when when Disney starts making these started making these live action uh, versions of their of their their animated classics. Most people thought we were going to get ba the basic same story with some maybe slight changes or whatever. I think this is the biggest one that varies from the animated version. Lion King was pretty much, you know, a, a shot for shot remake of the animated one. The Jungle Book. That was kind of uh, different. It had a, a little bit of differences in it from the animated one, but still, for the most part, and I think that one because your pro your point of view character is a human, you kind of understand it more. Um, that's one of the ones you can bring more to life using a human than animation. Whereas with ones that have the animals, it, it's different. Um, Lady in the Tramp, which I mentioned, was pretty cool for a Disney Plus exclusive. Um, you know, we have Ad Alice in Wonderland. Uh, we had Sleeping Beauty with uh, Maleficent. So we've had a lot of live action movies. Uh, Maleficent was a, def a definite variation as well. But this one was 
they went more with the traditional st- telling of who Mulan, uh, Hoi Mulan, if I'm saying it wrong, um, of the, of that character. They they did a more traditional storytelling of it, so you don't get a lot of that same stuff from the character. And I think overall, Mushu uh, in the animated version was comic relief. Um, he was he cut some of the tension. He was funny to have around, but in this one. When you think about the tone, of this is a a more rustic movie in the sense that you feel the battles. Like this doesn't, they like I feel like the director didn't want this to feel like just a live action cartoon. They wanted this to feel more like a like a, a war movie. And from that standpoint, I understand the changes that they made. Um, but if you're going in feeling like this is not my Mulan, I understand it. And it's it's kind of two minds because do you want to just see a live action version of something you've already seen, or do you want to see somebody take that that tonality, take that the spirit of of the story, and do their own thing with it? Um, with this one, I'll say that it, like some people, I've seen some reviews be great for it. I think it has like a seventy nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, um, and some just completely trash it. And much like with New Mutants, it was a really solid movie. I think it it. $30 on Disney Plus, I think that's a bit much. I think if this would have been just a Disney Plus part of your subscription, some of that backlash wouldn't be as much. But I really enjoyed this movie. And I think when they tell the the depth that they added of like the father feeling the weight of, you know, he wants to embrace his daughter's what makes her different and her spirit. But at the same time, he doesn't want her to be an outcast. And I can understand that as a parent 110%. And so you feel that in that in this story and then you know when they are going to the matchmaker and you see that spider come down you just know it's going to go left and you want it's so bad not to but you know the way that it has to go they what they i I would say what they did if you just look at mulan the character just in like her emotions and how they conveyed and her her being conflicted about wanting to honor her family but still save her father and what she's called to do and be a great warrior because she has this warrior spirit it all is great storytelling in this where i think that this movie falls not falls apart because i said it's a solid movie but where it kind of fails at is the villain uh if the villain is completely different from uh the comic book i mean they have that same character but they have this added villain um of this woman this witch and we see her and like the, they parallel her journey with Mulan and her trying to tell, tell Mulan they'll never accept you because she was never accepted. And overall, I like the addition of that character. I think it just ends stupidly because they basically have her take an arrow from Mulan and it really comes out of anywhere. You When you see her use this witch, use her powers over the course of the movie, you would think that there was something that she could do to stop the arrow rather than jump in front of it. And even her like finally... Mulan convincing her like she walks into this throne room and Mulan like Mulan just says something to her and she just basically flies off and switches sides it just it felt again like that third act was rushed like they knew where they wanted to end things at and they they maybe cut some stuff out um and didn't flesh it out enough but (sighs) Mulan I would say if you enjoy combat scenes it's you you'll probably enjoy this one if you enjoy the the story of the mulan the character not the story of the animated movie but mulan the character and her journey from having to cover her uh, cover up and act as if she's a man uh to her revelation of just embracing herself and just being her and her living a lie you know they they use the chi in here and um 
they say that her chi is corrupted because she is lying and that makes her ultimately go to just admitting to the warriors that she is a woman and see them cast her out when she's saying well i'd rather i'd rather be i'd rather you murder me i'd rather you kill me than me have to go back and and be dishonored um and then her ultimately saving the emperor played by jet lee um it's just i think that this movie is it's a it's a solid movie um it's just it feels different but if for anyone who knows that that the story of Mulan didn't originate with the Disney animated series. This is a more traditional telling of that rather than a remake of the Disney animated movie. And I think if you go in with that knowledge, hopefully it helps you understand what you're going to be in store for and what's coming your way. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it was a really solid film. Um, I, I, I don't think we're going to get a sequel to this one either. Uh, Ming-Na Wen shows up at the end, uh, who originally voiced Mulan, which is a good little bit of fan service there. Um, but the acting here, the acting from the main character, the woman who plays Mulan, uh, she is another one that if it, I'm glad she's in the Disney pipeline because I think that she uh, could really, she pulls off the fighting scenes excellent. Uh, the, the CGI in this one, the special effects look really wiry, but that may be paying homage or homage to uh to just how fight scenes were done in asian cinema for so long so maybe that was a bit intentional uh just in this day and age to see to see things like that it was it was a little bit off-putting but i get it um and the woman who plays mulan i know i'm gonna murder her name is yifei lu now maybe mispronouncing that uh but she great actress in this movie um overall but that's it um so if you with mulan like i you overall know the story we we know the story it's a disney princess we know how those stories go i think that if you like i said if you just don't expect a remake of that then you you'll get it the dynamic between father and daughter and then um mulan and her fellow soldiers and you see that those relationships build up to the point that once they do find out that she's a woman they still her specific her friends have loyalty to her the army overall and the general are ready to just do completely away with her but then you see them start respecting her because they respect her when they thought she was a man and then to see that respect follow when they say say look even though you lied and you deceived us your heart and your desire to like want to help can't be denied at all um and so they eventually bind behind her and then she gets invited to be uh one of the emperor's personal soldiers so uh great story great story i think um uh, yeah i think i think more people would enjoy it i think if this was just if you take away the mulan name and they kind of just made this and you thought this was inspired by Mulan or whatever, then uh, it would, if it was any other studio than Disney doing it, where we automatically think live action animated version of the movie that you would see people be a little bit more positive on it. While the reviews, like I said, Rotten Tomatoes 79%, you know, and there's some glowing reviews written by critics there. I think that a lot of what you see on social media, you'll see people talk down on it. So go and see it for yourself. Uh, go in with the open mind. I think most people will enjoy it. I think most people enjoy both of these movies. And it's funny that they're both from Disney, uh, one from the Marvel side and one from Disney proper. And so, uh, yeah, that's it. That's this episode of, uh, I almost said The Awakened Soul, of the film Frequency. Just a quick hit episode. I wanted to make sure I give you guys content. Like I said, we'll be coming with a review of Tenet next week just a week a week behind um which i'm really excited to get into that movie i've seen it once already i plan to try to watch it two more times before we do a review just because i really there's some i think there's some things that i may have missed uh the first upon the first watch so that's just a tease of what's to come you know we also have our new series we're going we're, that we're doing after that that kicks off with new jack city so that's what's in the pipeline here at the film frequency but that's it 
This has been another episode. You can follow me at CEO Hayes at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow us collectively at the Film Bros. You can follow JB at the Prodigal One. Uh, you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the film the film frequency pod at gmail.com and make sure you go to our facebook group search the film frequency where you can have great discussions about film and tv in there that's it it's been another week for jb i'm signing off peace